Nonstop Rock Talk with Tyson Bryden. Welcome to Nonstop Rock Talk. This is your host, Tyson Bryden, coming to you from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Today, I'm very happy to welcome uh, two members of the True Villains. How's it going, guys? What's up? Awesome. So as we start, please kind of introduce yourselves to my listeners and tell me kind of what you guys do in the band. I'm Bo. I'm the vocalist for True Villains. I'm Greg. I'm the keyboard player and backing vocalist and co-member of True Villains. (laughs) Those killer background vocals. Thanks. <laughs> Those sound amazing, and we'll get to thank that. you. We will get to that, and, and you know what? I, I was impressed to see a keyboard player in a new band again. I just i I mean, I grew up listening to you know, like of course everybody listened to Journey, but I mean, I was a fan of Danger Danger and Autograph and bands like that that always had. I mean, I'm I'm older, so I mean that's the stuff I grew up with. So seeing keyboards in a new band was exciting to me again. Same. That was exciting for me to be able to be incorporated into a uh, a modern hard rock band as a keyboardist. But it's a fun it's a fun challenge. It's yeah. a cool way. You know, it's you you look at the music and think about the music differently from a keyboardist perspective. And then it's it's a hard place to fit into, but it's really really fun uh, when it works. You know, yeah. it's it's nice. Yeah, exactly. And it, it adds more depth. And I I mean I've played with keyboard players for years. And I, I did a, a Bon Jovi tribute gig for years, so obviously, cool. obviously you had to have a keyboard player, right? And I always found that it was really nice because it kind of filled some of the space, you know what I mean? Like, if you're playing as a four-piece without a keyboard player, you know, you have to do a little bit more. But with sure. keyboards, it's really, it's really a nice texture, right? Yeah. Sort of a, a glue, kind yeah. of keep everything in place, not have to move around too much. Exactly. Now, uh, in terms of COVID, how has it affected what you guys do as a band? Probably like every other band, there is some frustration if you're a band you're wanting to uh, perform live. Uh, we still have been performing in Nashville on Broadway doing that. But as for the original shows, we really haven't had a whole lot this year. I think we had one a handful of months ago, and then we just had one last Friday. So... In the last year, we've only really done two cool. shows like that. Wow. Mm. Now, when did the when did the EP come out? It's actually not really. Uh, and, well, wait, the original EP, you mean? Well, like the, the one that I have is the four songs on it that was sent to me. So, is that an actual release, or have you guys just kind of done the videos and? The, uh, they, we're just doing singles for right now. So we've, okay. we've released we've released three songs separately. If you got four, you probably heard one of our unreleased songs then. Oh, yeah, the, the, ne- the next release. Okay. Okay, I was kind of curious about that. I mean, I got your bio and everything, but these four tracks, and I'm like, I mean, I was digging the four tracks. So, okay, so Thank that's, you. How, that's how it goes. Okay. Now, uh, so performing on Broadway, you guys are doing, are you guys doing country and rock? Like when you're, you guys are probably doing like covers and stuff like that, because that's primarily what goes on on Broadway. It's mostly, it's mostly rock. We do like a couple country and some pop songs, but we like make it heavier. So it's still, it's still rock. It's still rock. (laughs) Oh man, I wish I had seen you guys on Broadway because I would have totally dug that. 
you know, like seeing, I, I mean, you go into some of the bars and I know they, they play the odd, you know, uh, the odd rock tune, but like to see mostly rock would be nice. So Broadway's kind of um, broadened its horizons a little bit, I take it. For sure. Yeah. In the last five or so years, but I'd still say uh, we're definitely an outlier uh, in terms of our, you know, the way we program our set list. It's very rock centric, classic rock, 90s rock, you know, alternative pop punk stuff like that um and it's cool that the the crowd seems to be okay with that <laughs> oh, that's, you know that's cool i mean because you get a wide variety of people on broadway right absolutely you know yeah there's a i mean i love broadway because you, you know like there's it's there's so much going on and you've got these uh those bars on on wheels more or less where you see these people like for like sta- uh guts and stuff like that or whatever and they're like having a great time for people that haven't been there there's just so much going on and people everywhere and you hear music coming from each bar and it's just a great vibe yeah it's sort of a, a little bit of an overload whenever you're kind of having to fight through a crowd and you hear all these noises and see all these lights but it's uh it's nice whenever that was the only thing that we could do this past year it was like you know i kind of like this right now you know we we needed it for sure definitely now a second avenue totally shut down now i think it's opening back up i think yeah isn't it opening back up though yeah i just i was just checking that out like two days ago yeah something like walk down the street and that's a lot more of it is open now i think you can drive down certain parts of it or maybe the whole thing i didn't see as much stuff blocked off so it's 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 open now again. Okay, that's good. I mean, Big Shots was one of the bars that I would always go to. I liked that. Place. Hey, I love that place, yeah. man. That was my yeah. favorite place too. When I came here on vacation before I moved here, I think I hung out at that bar every day. I was kind of the same thing. We all I always ended up there for some reason. It's just got a cool vibe. Yeah, it's got cheap drinks too. So yeah, you know, that was a, that was a good deciding factor as well. We actually <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, not too long after I'd moved to Nashville, we ended up playing a gig there for some random thing that our friends were putting together, and I was like, we finally made it. We <laughs> made, made it. We got big shots. That's cool, man. I've, I've got a couple t-shirts from there that I wear all the time, just because I like, I just, I love the bar. It's a cool place. And it's, uh... I mean, it's kind of, and it's it's nice to kind of get off of Broadway and go on the on Second Avenue because it's not as edgy. And like you said, the drinks are cheaper. I mean, I remember going into Tootsie's and the 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 price difference between a beer at Tootsie's and Big Shots is like unbelievable. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Like probably it's probably like an eight dollar difference for beer. Yeah, that's I don't I don't know how that how that's feasible, but whatever, it is what it is. Now, um, now playing as a lot as a original act in Nashville, um, would you guys get? Where would you guys play as you know doing original music? Uh, I mean, we played all of the venues. I think here in Nashville, we played at Basement East, which just got rebuilt because that got destroyed during a tornado. We played at the Cannery and the High Watt. And uh, Mercy Lounge, which is all one, which big is all room. one big thing, yeah. yeah, yeah. We played at the Cohen, which was like the top golf room that had just been built not too long ago. That was really cool. Exit in, uh, the end, the the, the OG basement, the local, yeah. Uh, I think we played like oh, every, no, every club, yeah. Frozen Bow, Greg Solar. Oh. Maybe not. 
He's frozen. He's frozen. Let's see if he comes back. Yeah, I went to the um, the Mercy Lounge I, to see the last, I guess it was probably the last year of the Rock and Roll Residency. Okay, yeah, when they were doing that on the Tuesday nights or something. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I mean, I think that was my, that was my second trip to Nashville and I had, I was like, I gotta go. So, and then I had Phil, Philip uh, Schaus on the show uh, about a month and a half ago. And that was cool because, I mean, he's one of the guys and he said, he's like, yeah, we just, we don't do it anymore. So. It was was cool. It was cool while it lasted. I thought that the. I guess that room was cool for doing it too. When I first moved to Nashville, they were doing it in a way smaller room off of Demumbrian. Right. Um, it was cool. I went a hand. I went a handful of times. Yeah. It was, it was fun. I think they all just got too busy. Yeah, I think so. I mean, playing with Gene Simmons and Ace Frehley. You're back. <laughs> there we go. I don't know what happened there. Sorry about that. Oh, that's okay, man. It happens. It's, I mean, technology is great, but sometimes it doesn't. Uh, it has its limitations for sure. Exactly. So, yeah, we were just talking about the Mercy Lounge, and I said when I was down there the second time, I uh, went to the Rock and Roll Residency. Cool. And that was awesome. Had a really yeah, good time. Those are so fun. Yeah, I think I drank too many Pops Blue Bourbon that night, though. <laughs> is that is that possible? I didn't know that was possible. Well, I thought those hydrated you. Yeah, Canadian, that's right. As a Canadian and a beer lover, I guess it probably isn't. <laughs> it isn't possible. But it was a good time, regardless. Um, now, it uh, in Nashville, um, it was you guys came to the attention of. And hopefully I pronounce his name right. <laughs> Producer Nick Rasculanitz, who has worked with the Foo Fighters, Velvet Revolver, Allison Chains, and a personal favorite of mine, the Black Star Riders, and he just did the new Damon Johnson album, uh, Battle Lessons. What was it like working with such a great and known producer? It must have been uh, kind of learning on the fly, so to speak. Like you probably learned a lot from him. We did. We learned a, a great deal. I mean, we had all been in the studio and various projects many times it's not like we were new to the studio but definitely working with somebody whose like name and reputation sort of preceded them preceded meeting them um so it was initially a little intimidating but he's just such a like lovable big personality fun you know high spirit guy like high energy that pretty much immediately we just like uh, we shed all of our nerves and we were just like, let's get to making some cool sounding rock music. Um, we learned a ton, but it was, it never felt like an educational experience in that like we were like, we didn't feel like we had to be like, oh my gosh, we've got to be on our best behavior. It's like, we're hanging out with this guy. He's our friend. He likes our music. He's going to help us become a better band. And it was just like a, a really awesome experience all the way around. Yeah. Were you guys like when he initially approached you, or like were you like, "Holy shit, man, this is this is awesome"? <laughs> yeah, it was exactly. It was through a, a mutual friend that just like brought him out to see our live show, which is definitely like our best thing. If he probably would have sent us like our old tracks that we have, they didn't they didn't really like do us justice for our live show. So it was cool that he took the time out to come check us out, and we only played like four songs, I think. And that was enough for him to be like, oh, yeah, I want to record you guys. Wow. I mean, it, the stuff sounds amazing. Like, I think everything he's done, it, it always sounds great. But um, he really, there's certain things that he really brought out in the music. Like, I listen to your songs and 
I can't really pinpoint a genre. I hear so many different influences, 70s, 80s, 90s, and current stuff as well. Um, it kind of, uh, it seems different elements of each genre are firmly planted. Um, can you guys kind of give me an idea of, of, of where you take your influences from in that aspect that kind of brought this, this sound all together? Uh, I mean, for me, I definitely don't want to be any kind of throwback band, even though I do have like a high register voice for a male that, you know, resembles a lot of classic rock music, but I love a ton of modern bands like Dinosaur Pileup and Broken Love and Royal Blood. But I also love, you know, a lot of the old singers like Steven Tyler and uh, Axl Rose and, you know, a lot of the well-known classic rock, uh, Sebastian Bach from Skid Row. Oh, yeah. So I'm kind of just trying to like blend the two, be like be a happy medium. Yeah. How about you, Greg? Well, um, I mean, my personal influences are more in the like pop or like you know if it's rock, it'd be like the Beatles. But I love pop music and I love R and B music. Um, I think our our what's so cool is all five of us uh, bring something different to the table. But our goal is to like obviously it's easy to hear that we're influenced by classic rock, but we want to have like a unique modern kind of heaviness and like edgy, you know, an edge to the sounds, but maintain like a really pop forward uh, approach to melody, which I think is what makes the music so interesting is it's so heavy, but it's also so catchy. Hopefully, you know? Yeah. And which is, which is kind of different than, um, a lot of stuff that's out there today. I mean, you've got, I mean, you have certain bands that you can pinpoint and go, okay, like say Greta Van Fleet, for instance, you're like, okay, that's, you know, that's an obvious Led Zeppelin type of thing. Um, where I find when I listen to the tracks that I hear different things, I was like, okay, that kind of sounds like that's from that genre. And this, this sounds modern, but there's a different take on it or a guitar solo comes on and I'll be like, Oh, well, that sounds a little bit more classic rock, but it fits well with the sound that you guys are generating, which I think is really refreshing, to be honest with you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Now, um, let's talk about the video for Dig Your Grave, uh, which can be found on YouTube and was produced by Adam Eubank. Um, it was interesting that before it started, it says it may cause seizures, and I, su I assume that is due in part to the section where the guitar solo is, which is so cool. The guitar solo is going on, and you've got all this flashing back and forth, which looks—it it just looks awesome. And I was kind of—I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> I, had to, I, had to, I had to sit back, right? Um, and some of the forest black and white footage reminds me—it kind of reminded me of the Blair Rich Witch Project. It's just got that you know, grainy vibe to it. And, yeah. Um, but I think the video portrays the message of the song. What can you tell me about the whole concept of the song in relation to the video? Uh, Matt, Matt, the drummer, was actually the one that was coming up with all the ideas for extra footage because Adam, uh, Adam did our other two videos too for Villain, which kind of is just like showing the band like where we rehearsed yeah. to us in the studio to us building up to the live show. And then we have the Blood in the Water video, which is kind of just, you know, a playthrough video that we did. And we had captured some of that, too, for Dig Your Grave, but we didn't want to just have another playthrough video. And Matt, Matt, the drummer, is super into 80s horror films or just any kind of, like, thriller. 
that kind of stuff. So he wanted to do something dark. He came up with the idea of going into the woods and doing some stuff with Drew Dixon, who's the guy that's carrying around the shovel. Oh, yeah. And uh, he's another artist here in town that does like a heavy, muddy blues rock kind of thing. And uh, so they just went up. Oh, you no, Greg, you were there too. You went up. I was. Oh yeah, I was. I mean, you know more than me then because you were out there. Yeah, well, no, you're you're spot on. I mean, it was you know we just kind of walked around on this trail that had really cool um, angles that you could kind of get into the woods, and it was just the perfect time of year and perfectly overcast. And you know we broke a mirror and then got some weird shots, and Adam added it uh, edited it all together masterfully. I mean, when you guys saw it at the end, when you saw the final product, you must have been impressed because it looks really good. We we had no real doubts going into it, but it was um, a challenge because, like Bo was, was saying, the previous videos were just kind of playthroughs. So this was the first one that sort of had a, a story or an implied storyline. Um, but we were confident the whole time. Matt had a lot of great ideas. Adam had amazing ideas. So whenever we saw the finished product, it was like, yeah. We knew, we knew it was going to be awesome because Adam's awesome. Yeah. Um, but we're we're proud for sure. Yeah. Was that his? Uh, did did he propose that concept during of that guitar solo part where the flashing back and forth where it may give you a seizure? Where it, it, maybe? How did that happen? Was were we just messing with the lights, or was he just messing with the lights and then found the strobe setting and it was like, oh shit, this might be cool for a certain section of the song, or did he come with that already? in mind I, I don't remember honestly <laughs> somebody had done something because i think we brought purposely he had like rented those strobe lights for that part I think. right yeah i don't it even was, really remember but <laughs> it was a while ago that we shot that section of it mm-hmm. right but, uh, it, looks it looks it's really well done now, Thank you. as you mentioned, the video for the villain is more of a studio type. You guys are in the studio, then kind of playing live, and then there's a bunch of backstage foot, footage, just kind of a normal everyday band stuff. Um, what I love about that song, it moves really well, and like I mentioned before, this is a song with that harmony vocal, especially in that, that first one where it comes in on the first verse. It's just like it captures you right away. You're like, oh, man, that sounds so, that sounds so good. Um, so tell me... Who is the villain? <laughs> is that directed towards somebody, or is it more of a metaphoric type of thing? No. Uh, so when we when we initially met Nick, um, we had played through a bunch of our songs, and he really liked Blood in the Water. And so when we've been going to the studio with him, we've been doing two songs at a time, and he really liked Blood. And he's like, "I need you guys to go into your rehearsal space, and I need you to write another song." And that's what we're going to record. Like, he wanted us to come up with a whole other song. So, uh, I was gone doing something, but the rest of the band all got together at our unit and wrote that. And then they sent me a voice. Like, that night, I think y'all came up with pretty much the entire song. Other than, like, little parts and stuff that Nick changed. And then uh, they sent it to me in a voice memo and just started working on the lyrics. And that one kind of just, like, came together really quickly because i think we entered the studio maybe only a couple weeks after writing that song yeah it was yeah it was brand new i like um i like how it coincides with the name of the band you know true villains the villain so it's kind of cool that's uh you know you can kind of especially for yeah and then for a lead single we were like is this 
is this cool or is this like too on the nose or yeah you know, we, we were a little well but, uh, you know we're, i guess we're the villain so we are the villain you, you know guys so, are the villain well, so we we're like we can do whatever the hell we want you know what i mean we can we can release a self-titled song <laughs> it's gonna be fine well i mean if block sabbath can release a song called block sabbath exactly, exactly. you know what i mean like it's the same yeah. thing so it's it is what it is i, th- I think it's cool i think it i think Thank it really um stands out as you guys as a band like okay like these guys have a bit of balls it's like okay this is the, right you know what i mean it's it, you guys aren't you're not being safe which it seems a lot of bands today try to be safe a lot of I think bigger bands. I mean, but they're also they're also being pushed in the direction of the major, you know, the machine, sure. I guess, as you would call it too. So right. So that's great. yeah. We have we have the benefit of of not being really pushed into any directions right now. Yeah. So we're really trying to just you know go all out, and if people perceive it as being like arrogant or cocky or something, then who cares? You know. Exactly. And I like. I mean, that's a rock and roll attitude. I think, or it used to be. <laughs> right yeah so, yeah now let's talk about blood in the water um now and and i mentioned i said well it was the fourth it was a third of the fourth track of, and i just assumed it was an ep but as you guys had stated it's you know the three songs that have been released um the other one i got was awake at night i believe it was so that, yeah that'll be our next single cool well, I'll, I'll I'll make sure make sure you look for that. So, <laughs> so let's talk about blood in the water. Um, it's set in a warehouse. Uh, it it looks cool as well. So I mean, same same producer on th- all three videos. And it, I mean, the filming looks great. It's you know high def, looks amazing. Um, tell me about that track. I mean, blood in the water is kind of a deep, almost a deep type of subject. Like. A little gory or horror, like you mentioned, your drummer, he's into into horror stuff. Um, I mean, the question is, why is the blood in the water? <laughs> that, that, that song's more just like a fuck you to all these people that say they're going to help you, and they just talk a lot and then don't really do anything. Uh, okay. And yeah. they, bait, they bait you into thinking that uh, they're going to you know help you or that they can you know, put your, steer your career in the direction of success and then maybe it doesn't, doesn't pan out that way. (laughs) A lot of empty promises from people, industry people, and I don't know. People just do a lot of talking. Nobody wants to hop on board until everyone else is already on board. Ah, I mean, I'm sure that happens quite a bit in Nashville. It does. I think everyone here in the industry can relate to that. Um, it, It does happen all the time yeah so i mean and i should ask this how so um bo you mentioned you moved to nashville a few years ago how long have you both been in in actually been in nashville i can't remember how long i've been here i've either been here three have i been here three years i think so i think at least uh because it's 2021 so i mean you've been here since 2017 at the latest like you might have even been earlier than that maybe it's maybe it's been four years three or four years how did you guys all hook up as a band i met i met uh barry matt and tim on craigslist oh wow when i was living in minnesota because i was just looking to move somewhere and i'd come to nashville on vacation 
and just thought it was a cool city and there's more opportunity out here than I would have had in Minnesota. So I saw their ad and I thought their songs were cool and looked them up and moved down here. And then they already knew Greg from some other gigs. Yeah, I was in a, uh, I played with a, a pop country singer with Tim. He and I were like a, a part of this uh, artist backing band. So we met that way. Um, and he was telling me about a rock project that he was starting and they needed some keyboards on, uh, uh, they were going to record five or six songs and they just needed some keyboards on a couple of them. So I came in the studio and then never really left the picture. Wow. So that's cool. Now, um, do you, do you play other instruments besides keyboards or are you strictly keyboards? Um, I mean, I, I play a little bit of, like I play drums and I play a little guitar, um, but not at the level to where I would like market myself as a drummer or a keyboardist in a town like Nashville. Yeah. Um, I would say that playing the keyboard is my most marketable skill. <laughs> right. So, so, yeah. So when you're, when you're playing gigs, you're primarily playing keyboards, huh? Yeah, generally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. And singing. And singing, and singing, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course, right? And both like you're, are you primarily primarily a singer? Yeah, I I started out music like like I really got into rock when I started playing guitar, but then wound up becoming a, a singer because I could sing on key in my first band, so they just like forced me into it, and then I slowly just like kind of stopped playing guitar and just focused on singing and. Now I pretty much suck at guitar, so I'm just a singer. <laughs> we we need to put all those uh, former bandmates on a on our Christmas card list because we we owe a lot to them for forcing you to be, become a singer. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you guys. Thanks for bandmates. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So I mean, as we close out, um, tell my listeners where they can find True Villains website, streaming, social media, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, True Villains Nashville. You can pretty much find us on any social media there for Instagram, uh, Facebook. We started a TikTok, but we have not posted anything yet. So <laughs> we're going to be working on that. And then our website, too, is True Villains Nashville. And then they can stream our music on pretty much anything. Cool. Obviously, Spotify, iTunes, big ones. Yeah. Now, is there as is there talk of doing a full-length release eventually sure i mean we're we're just kind of doing it one or two at a time right now but uh everybody would love to do a full length yeah, i think everybody's favorite art form in existence is uh is like the the lp you know i think there's that's the pinnacle of art yeah. so of course would love to do that but um we're just taking it one one step at a time right now and when you know kind of playing the single release each month or every couple of months and play with the algorithms on Spotify to try to get our numbers up. You know what I mean? That's the kind of modern day approach. Um, but I personally would love nothing more than to release a full length record someday. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'd love to hear this on full length. I would love to hear it on LP to be like you mentioned the LP. Like an album. That'd be like amazing. Yeah. yeah. I would love to hear this stuff on LP. Just crank the crap out of it on my stereo <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, us, I can, us too i can do that on youtube but i mean there's just something about an lp you know like you you get the album you pull it out you look at the cover and it, and it's funny i did that last night i had i was at the 
used shop the other day and I, I came home with, I, I went in for like one album and came out with like a huge stack of vinyls. Yeah, totally. And like $150 later and so last... No night, regrets. No regrets. No regrets yeah. whatsoever. You know, I got some like some Foreigner, a couple Robert Plant albums, uh, you know, just uh, a, a couple Canadian artists like Triumph and Aldo Nova. I was just... And then Steve Earle was in there too. So. Wow. Yeah, cool. so it was a bit of a wide spectrum of what I had, but last night it was okay. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a beer. I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw these on, and I'm gonna look at the jacket and read the lyrics. The Steve Earle lyrics were pretty. I was like, wow, this guy is a great lyricist. I mean, I've been living listening to him since I was a kid, but um, I never actually sat down and listened to the lyrics. So that was that was really cool. Yeah, I mean that's that's the vehicle, and his music is it's very lyric driven, and he's a he's a wordsmith. Yeah, and it's funny because some of those some of those words, you're like, how the hell did he even? <laughs> it's cool to come up with the words, but then you've got to friggin' make them go all together. <laughs> and you're right, and then you got to sing them. Yeah, that's right. And it's like yeah. there's certain lines. That, I mean, it was the Exit o album, which is his second release. And uh, I'm, I'm just looking at these lyrics, and I'm like, the guy just—it just blew me away. Even though I've been a fan for 30 years. Sure, what's well, and it's all that experience of you know opening, reading the liner notes, reading the lyrics, listening yeah. to it. It's just like that whole experience is just. There's nothing better than that. Exactly. Yeah. So so hopefully, True Villains, I will see it on on vinyl one day. I would love to see that. But um, guys, I really want to thank you for coming on the show today. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. No problem. And the best of luck. And uh, hopefully the next time I'm down in Nashville, I will see you guys on Broadway. Yeah, look uh, us up. Yeah. I'll look you up. And, uh, and you guys uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. You as well. Thank, Thank you so much. Okay, thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye.